Hello, everyone. Man, let me tell you, coming up to this sanctuary is a workout, okay? Is that sad that I'm out of breath right now? Man, oh, man. It's really good to be back. Um, my name is Pastor Aaron. I see a lot of new faces. Um, my husband and I, Pastor Christian, we just came back from a trip from the States. We hit up the L.A. for three days, and we were in the Bay Area for about a week, and it was awesome. We were, we're just so blessed, um, and it was an incredible time. Uh, and so uh, if you guys ever check out Pastor Christian's message from Hillside Service today, he preached, uh, and before he shared, he talked a lot about what our trip was like the places that we ministered at and some of the fruit that we were able to see, a lot of divine appointments, and it was just awesome. Uh, Sister Cassandra, she was with us during our time in SF as well, and uh, she ministered powerfully alongside Christian and myself. And so it was really good. So I just want to thank the congregation for your prayers. Um, you guys, we really felt your covering. We felt the grace, and we know that, um, yeah, that God was doing a lot of amazing stuff. Uh, during our trip through us and definitely in us as well. And so uh, Christian today, he preached on the Esau syndrome. And if you guys know about Jacob and Esau, it's a simple story of where Jacob deceives his older brother into trading his birthright, trading his inheritance as the firstborn son for a bowl of soup. And <laughs> it says in the word that Esau treated his birthright with contempt. And Pastor Christian's message was about how we need to understand what our inheritance is, why we have to fight for our inheritance. It's a really good word, and I'm probably going to do kind of like a part two of his word uh, here today. If you guys open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to actually read my uh, verse for the year. Every year in the beginning of the year, I ask the Lord to give me a verse to hold on to. And that becomes my theme verse. And this is my verse. Well, verses. These are the verses for 2012 for myself. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to go from uh, verses 15 all the way to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. And so uh, let's have the brothers uh, read one verse, and then the sisters read the next verse. So the brothers read starting from 15. Here we go. One, two, three. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places.
And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Amen. That's a good word right there. Ephesians. Here's this letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. And about the first three chapters of this letter is talking about the glorious riches that we have in God. Do you guys know that we're rich? Do you know that you are spiritually rich? You know, there's one thing that I think that the devil really tries to deceive his peop- God's people in is the lie that we lack. That you and I are missing something. That we need to earn, that we need to work, that we need to strive to grasp that, that holiness. And only until then can we really consider ourselves righteous or worthy or valuable. But I want to really defeat that lie today that you lack. And I want to tell you, you don't lack, but you walk in abundance. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you walk in abundance. here's apostle paul's heart it's his heart right here written out to this church that he helped found and he's writing to this church his very heart and it is i do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? You know, the problem with the church today is we walk in ignorance and not in revelation. We don't know how rich we are. We walk deceived thinking that we lack, I lack this, I lack that, but we don't have the revelation of the riches that we possess. And this is Paul's heart. I pray every day for you that you may know the glorious riches that we have in our inheritance. That's the prayer that I have for us as a body, as a church here in New Philly, that we may know the glorious riches that we have in Jesus Christ. That we may understand that we are rich. That we are rich. You know, there's a concept of of sonship that we've been establishing in this house that we are sons. Amen? We're not slaves. We're not hired servants. We don't work at church. And our value isn't dependent on what we do or what we can offer. But simply because we are sons and daughters, we have worth. And not only is it significant that we have worth, but as sons... Because we have the spirit of adoption through Jesus Christ as sons, we now have access to an inheritance. And we talk about this a lot. Man, we got an inheritance. We have a rich inheritance. But what is the inheritance that we have? What really is the inheritance? In the past, we talked about the inheritance being the words, the words of the Father. That when Jesus, when he left earth, he didn't leave his disciples with sandals, with gold, with silver, with his tunic, with his staff. The only thing that he left his disciples with was the very words that he had spoken, which were the words of the Father. That is our inheritance. Amen. 
It's the words of the Father. But why is that significant? Okay, great. The words are important. Great, the Bible is important. Great, the words, every message that goes out from the pulpit is important. It's the words of the Father. But what is significant about it? And what I want to say is it's the revelation. When you get the words of the Father, all of a sudden you get revelation. And the reason why revelation is important is revelation reveals something to us that we didn't know before. And what I mean by that is revelation reveals who God is. Or revelation reveals who you are in God. Revelation, it transforms us. It transforms our understanding of how powerful, how mighty, how awesome, how faithful God is. As well as how much of a conqueror you and I are. That can't come without revelation. That is why the words of our Father are so important. Because the words carry secrets. The words of your father carry the mysteries of God the Father. This is Paul's prayer. I pray that you will receive the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation. That you may know Jesus Christ. The knowledge in him. You know, a lot of times we walk thinking that we're in lack because our riches have not been revealed. We walk thinking that we're in need or that we're not satisfied or that we're missing something because the riches and the abundance that we actually have access to has not been revealed. You know, when we think about the concept of inheritance, I was reading a couple of stories about people who had these like really ridiculous uh, experiences of getting inheritance. There's this one uh, a homeless man in particular. He... I read in, um, I think it was a BBC article from 2007. And it was this homeless man who was getting chased by the police. And he was thinking, oh man, you know, the police are coming to get me because of the drugs that I was using and all this stuff. And so he ran and he completely outran the police and the police weren't able to get him. The thing is the police weren't trying to catch him for his drug usage. They were actually trying to catch him to tell him that he had become the heir of $50 million. Some, was it five or seven million, excuse me, five, seven million dollars for an obscure heir that just died and he was the only recipient. And so they were running, chasing him down to try to tell him this good news. And homeboy was so afraid that he was going to get busted for his drug usage that he just straight up left and he never got it. He never got the inheritance. Isn't that funny? No, it's sad. I was reading and I was like, I was like, haha, I was like, oh no. <laughs> poor, poor man. He, he was a homeless man. He was living on the streets, had nothing to his name, completely living in poverty. And, and he had an inheritance of five, seven million dollars, but the problem was it wasn't revealed. He didn't have a revelation of this inheritance. And so he continued to walk in poverty for the rest of his life. Sometimes as believers, we walk in that same stupidity. We walk in this poverty mindset because we don't have the revelation of the riches. And that revelation, it comes from the inheritance. You know, going to San Francisco and spending time with Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, they're, uh, Pastor Christian and myself, they're our spiritual mentors. And we, we call them spiritual parents because we just see them in that loving relational way. 
And every time I spend time with them, I come out stronger. I come out stronger, knowing, more confident, more, um, I don't know. I just come out like I can take over the world. And the reason is, is not because their words are so inspiring or they are, you know, so encouraging. It's because they give me a fresh revelation of who God is. I spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes having a conversation with them and I get a revelation of who God is. I get a revelation of who I am in God. And so when I walk out, nothing really changed in the natural. I didn't, I didn't go and do some sort of, you know, training or anything like that. The only thing that changed was I was, I had a revelation of the riches. All of a sudden, and the things that were hidden became revealed. And it's like, bam, this is what you have access to. And I was like, me? I, that's for me too? Yeah, that's for you. And I'm like, thank you very much. Walk out. That's my inheritance. We are rich. We are so rich. We should be walking in such confidence and abundance and overflow in every aspect of our life because we have inheritance as sons. That should be our life story. That should be our life testimony is walking in abundance. Not because of circumstances or situations, but because of revelation. Because it's been revealed Paul says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. We have a a big hope. We can walk in such amazing hope. Amen? You know, the thing is, when we walk in lack, we become prey, easy prey for the enemy. And this is what I mean by that. Lust The lust of this world, it all derives from this deception that you and I lack something. And too many of us believers, we get caught up in the lust of this world because we feel like God hasn't fully satisfied every area of our life. We think we lack. We think we're missing. We think we need something. And therefore, we lust. And I'm not just talking about a sexual lust. I'm also talking about a lust for money. I'm talking about a lust for affirmation. I'm talking about a lust for recognition. A lust for fame. We lust after things. Maybe they're even good things. Maybe even spiritual things. But when you lust, when you desire something out of a place of lack, that desire is lust. But when you begin to desire things out of a place of abundance, now we're talking about a holy desire. You and I, we we need to, I'm not saying we can't desire anything, but I'm saying we need to understand that we're, our need is already fulfilled by the Lord. We don't lack anything. You know, when Adam and Eve, the first sin happened, It's ironic how it went down because here's this snake, the devil, right? Going to deceive Eve and saying, you know what? That, that tree, the knowledge of good and evil, did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? Because I know if you do, you will be just like him. Eve had no desire to eat from that tree before until the devil mentioned it. And all of a sudden, this idea of, oh, am I not made in the image of God? 
crept into her mind and the deception that she lacked became the very thing that propelled her to eat from that tree. The sad thing is she was already made in the image of God. She was already like God. Both her and Adam, it said in Genesis, were were made in the perfect image of God. And yet the enemy said, "Uh, you don't have that, therefore you should go after it. And you should go after it in a way where you lack, therefore sinning against the Lord. We don't lack anything. Now here's the thing that I want to say. The lies that you've been hearing about the areas you've been lacking in, what I want to tell you today is you already have it. What's an area of your life that you're saying, you know what, I lack in this? Well, my response to you is you have it. Not, you, it's not that you lack in it, it's you have it, but you need a revelation of it. You need a revelation of what you have inside of you. And that revelation comes from the words of your father. It comes from an understanding of your inheritance. The reason why we stand here and we say, man, we have such a rich inheritance is because our spiritual lineage has like crazy bomb revelations. Like the things that come out of Pastor Benjamin's mouth, I'm just like, where did you get that from? Not in a heretical way, but in like, wow, that really wasn't the Bible, but I had no, I I just was so blind to it. I never knew. I didn't see. It was hidden. It was a mystery to me until you just said it. And now I'm set free. Our time in SF, my time when I'm speaking with my mentors, literally it's like, it's like deliverance time. And it's deliverance from deception. All of a sudden, all the lies that I've been believing about myself and God's nature, I get set free from because those mysteries were revealed by my spiritual mentors. It's a powerful thing. You know, we are called to walk in the riches. Amen? Amen. You know, I think if we really understand this, you and I will always walk in abundant strength. There'll never be a moment where we feel weak or that we feel insecure because we'll be walking in such revelation of who we are. Wouldn't that, isn't that the glorious church? As believers, isn't that what we should be walking in? in that kind of confidence, not in ourselves, but who God has called us to be. And today I just want to break that poverty spirit and not just a a financial poverty spirit. I'm talking about a, a spiritual poverty spirit, that insecure spirit that I'm missing something spirit that I got to earn to get something spirit. You know, the inheritance only comes to people who are sons. And the reason why this is so important is because revelation is a gift. It's a grace. It can only be received for those who understand that concept. But when we think of the revelation of us as being righteous and holy is only something that we can obtain by work, all of a sudden we slipped into not a son mindset, but a slave mindset. And that thing that we're supposed to take hold of, we lose in our grip. We can't walk in our inheritance unless we understand that our inheritance is ours. There's that verse that says, he who doesn't have what he has will be taken from him. And he who has, much more will be given. You ever wonder why that, that doesn't make sense to me. He who doesn't have what he has will be taken from him. 
But he doesn't have anything. How can anything be taken from him? And I think what the word is trying to say is it's a deception. The one that thinks he doesn't have anything, what he really has is taken from him. And the one that understands that he has something now will receive that much more. The deception is you and I don't have, but we're breaking that right now. And I'm telling you, not only do you have, but there's more. There's more for us to walk in. There's more revelation. I'm talking about glorious riches. I'm talking about a revelation that doesn't stop when we go to heaven, but is eternal. Like, do you know when we're in heaven, every day we're going to get another revelation of how awesome God is? And it's going to be like, whoa, you are awesome. But it's not going to be like, oh, you're awesome because of what you did yesterday. But it's going to be a fresh revelation. A part of God that he's going to reveal brand new to himself each day, every moment. He's that big. He's that infinite. He's that unending. It says in John, this is eternal life that they may know him. This is eternal life, brothers and sisters, that we may know God. And when I'm talking about know God, I'm talking about understanding God as he's revealed. I'm talking about a living a life walking in revelation, walking in the mysteries of who God is. If you want that, I want you to say, I want it. It said in Colossians 2, verse 2, Paul says, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. The biggest riches that we have is knowing who God is. That's the greatest inheritance. That's it in a nutshell. It's very simple. Knowing who God is, is our greatest inheritance. And from that inheritance, we will know who we are. All that Jesus did on this earth was reveal the Father. That's all he did. Everything that he said, everything that he did, not a single thing was done outside of the Father's heart. He revealed the Father in his life. Every aspect of his life. Because that was the one thing that he knew that we needed. The revelation of who God the Father is. If we get that, brothers and sisters, we have power. And let me tell you what kind of power we have. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 19. That they may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here he says that Jesus was given as the head, the church is the body, and who's under our feet? Who's under our feet? Every authority and power and dominion is under our feet. That's power. 
Like that's gangster power. Like that's power. Crazy power. Too many times we walk around getting our butts whipped by the devil. Because we are not walking in the revelation that he's under our feet. Because we're not walking in the revelation that God has already set us free and that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Because we don't walk in the revelation that we're unreachable by the devil. That in fact, the truth is he can't touch us. But we're so convinced that we can. And therefore, we continue to live our lives under that revelation. You and I are rich. Come on, tell your neighbor you're rich. Come on, tell them with faith, you're rich. You know, Gina was giving her preaching practicum yesterday. We were doing a preaching class, and shout out to Gina. Hey, go girl. And I was her judge. Um, her preaching pastor that was evaluating her. And, you know, she preached on envy and jealousy. And, man, I was just, I, I was blown away by her message. And something that she had said was the difference between jealousy and envy is that jealousy comes from a place where we're afraid to lose what we have. Jealousy comes from a place where we're afraid to lose what we have, and therefore the natural reaction for jealousy is anger. And the example of jealousy in the Bible is King Saul. When he found out that everybody was cheering on David, and all the ladies were like, hey, David slayed all these 10,000. All of a sudden, Saul was jealous because the, the recognition that he had was slipping from his fingers. And so he became jealous, and the way that he reacted, responded, was anger. But another thing that she mentioned was envy. Envy comes from a place of the deception that we lack. And envy is when you look at someone and you say, they have something, I don't have that. And all of a sudden, you envy them. And the reaction to envy is not anger, but self-hatred. And if we understand how rich we are in the Lord... We won't have to waste our time being envious of what we think someone else has, but what we don't have. The truth is, we have it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We walk around envious of one another, even in the church, even in the house of God, because we believe in that soul deception that we lack something. And so when we see someone you know, receiving the spirit or getting a prophetic word or, you know, being, you know, all spiritual, mature and whatnot. And we're like, dang, I don't have that. I don't have that kind of, you know, maturity or I don't have that kind of spirituality. I don't have that. I lack that. And all of a sudden you look to yourself and you begin to despise yourself. You just fell into the trap. That deception we're going to defeat today. You don't like anything. And I think if we really understand the riches that we walk in, that temptation to be envious of one another would also get destroyed. When turn to your neighbor and say, I don't envy you. <laughs> Look at the way y'all are saying, like, I don't envy you. Come on, say with some love. I don't envy you. Y'all accusing one another as you're saying that. <laughs> 
When you begin to understand this, this is when true celebration happens. We can begin to celebrate one another. We can celebrate one another because everything that you experience, I got access to. Snap, that's what happened to you? Shoot, that means that can happen to me. Why? Because it's a revelation. You got that revelation? Fantastic. Guess what? Because I'm walking in that same sonship and that same inheritance, I got that same access too. Wow, you got freedom from that? Well, I can get freedom from that too. That's my inheritance. Then all of a sudden, when you see someone breaking out and breaking through to new levels, you get excited. From the bottom of your heart, you get excited. You can celebrate them, not get jealous, not get envious, not be all hating on them. Because you know that's yours as well. And the thing about revelation is sometimes God reveals to someone else first something that you have. And we're too busy thinking, man, now that means only Eunice Cole has that. When reality, God was saying, I reveal that to Eunice because that's also yours. And so every single time when we listen to one another and all that God is doing in each other's lives, it should be a celebration. It should always be a cause for celebration because we're just releasing revelation after revelation of what God can do, what God will do, what God has already done. And so it's time to break off this slave mentality that we got to earn our inheritance. You don't need to earn your inheritance. If you try to earn your inheritance, you lost it. It doesn't, it doesn't go down like that. You don't get your inheritance by earning it. There's only one way that inheritance is received. You know, when someone gets inheritance in the natural, it's because somebody died. Y'all got real quiet. Mark's like grieved right now. Somebody dead, Mark. That's why Bob can get his $5, $5 inheritance, right? That's not much of inheritance. You know, $5 million inheritance it, it takes a death for an, for an inheritance to be received. And that death happened, brothers and sisters. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he died a death that paid the price for you and I to have access. I'm not talking about partial access. I'm not talking about itty-bitty access. I'm talking about full access to the glorious riches that we have in God. He paid that price so that you and I don't have to. It's time that when we hear the revelation that we submit to it. Our problem isn't, sometimes our problems it is that we haven't revealed, we haven't gotten the revelation of it. Other times is we got it, but we don't submit to it. We got the revelation that God provides for all our needs, but we're not submitting to it in our heart. And so we still walk in lack. We still walk in poverty. And it becomes not an issue of, I didn't get that revelation. It becomes an issue of submission. You know, when I go visit Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny, sometimes they have to tell me the same thing over and over again. Oops. And they have to counsel me on something that they already technically set me free from the last trip. And I'm just sorry. <laughs> I'm still dealing with this. I don't know what to do. 
And I'm thinking, man, it's because their prayers aren't as powerful or I just, I don't know. It's just, I'm not as, as powerful, but the issue isn't really power. The issue is submission. The issue is if I really submit to what they're saying, I can now access the power of their words. And a lot of us in our small groups on these messages, when we hear words of God being spoken, you hear the power, but you don't experience the power because you don't submit to the revelation. And you hear something like, you lack nothing, and you're still sitting there saying, that sounds good, uh, but that's not me. That sounds fantastic, but you don't know me. That's not me. I tried that. I still lack. I made mistakes all the time. Submit. Just submit. Submit and be set free. Even if you don't see it, submit and be set free. You know, a powerful thing that Pastor Sunny had shared with me was the past couple of months she's been in a funk. And when you hear your spiritual authority tell you that they've been a funk, it's kind of like crazy because you think they're perfect, you know? And you're like, you're my hero. How could you ever be in a funk? But for the past couple of months, she's been struggling. She, she's been having a hard time. She, she didn't want to preach. She didn't want to prophesy. She was just struggling to do what she normally loves to do. And she said out of the 10 years, past 10 years, she's never experienced such a funk in her life. And here she is thinking something's wrong with me. And she met with Pastor Daniels, her spiritual authority, and his wife, Pastor Diane. And five minutes, a five-minute conversation. That's all it took. And they said, you're not experiencing a funk. You're, God is just breaking you to break you into a new level. He's, get, he's writing you to go into a brand new level. And she was like, snap. Oh, that's what's going on. But you know what? The truth was, she told me, I didn't feel it. When I heard it, it sounded good. I didn't feel it, but I said, I'm going to submit to it. I don't care if I don't feel it. I don't care if I don't experiencing it. I experience it. I'm going to submit to it because my spiritual father told me so. And so for the past seven days, every day she began to pray. Every day she prayed and she claimed that over herself. I'm breaking into a new level. I'm breaking into a new level. I'm breaking into a new level. She submitted to that revelation. And on the seventh day, it finally caught up. And it was like, boom. And she was like, snap, I'm breaking into a new level. <laughs> like, it just became real. Her spirit and her, it just aligned. Her mind, everything became aligned on that seventh day. But before she felt it, she submitted. And so I'm telling you, we are rich. Submit to that word. We are rich. Our inheritance is not just the words of the Father. Our inheritance is the revelation that comes through the words of our Father. It's revelation. Come on, just bow your heads with me.